Welcome to the Journey Elgin podcast. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor at Journey Elgin, and this is our first episode of a new series we're calling Engaging the Culture. I'm really excited about this series. The purpose of this is to simply see if we can see glimpses of God in the culture around us. You know, most of us acknowledge that there's a lot of problems in the world around us. We, and it's very easy to see those. You just have to open up the newspaper, even though that dates me that I grew up in a time of newspapers. I can't remember the last time I picked up a newspaper. But you open up your favorite news app or whatever it may be, and you are immediately consumed by frustrating news. And you, we look at the world around us, we say, man, oh, everything's just falling apart. That's, that's the information that's being fed into us. But I would like to be able to say, you know, I can see all the negative things out in the culture, but I can also see glimpses of God working because I believe that he is. And so we're going to spend some time. Uh, every, every few weeks we'll have another uh, episode of this Engaging the Culture. And our goal here is just to look at the world around us and find those glimpses of God. Sometimes they'll be very serious topics. Sometimes they'll just be fun. Uh, We have plans for uh, one uh, episode that we're just going to look at the new Star Wars movie and the Star Wars franchise and how it's impacted the world around us. So that's going to be a a lighthearted, fun conversation. There's also going to be times that we'll tackle topics uh, that, that may be... Offensive. We live in a time where it's really easy to be offended. That's obviously not going to be our purpose. But what we want to do is we want to be honest about the culture around us. And we want to find glimpses of God in it. And so I'm going to ask for your patience. There's no doubt that we're going to say some things that you disagree with. I hope that you will still be able to gain something from this podcast and that it will be an encouragement to you to go and and do like what Paul says, be in the world but not of the world. We want to learn how to engage the culture around us without buying into all of the values that it supports that are contrary to the values that we have as people who are desiring to be followers of Christ. So with that being said, we're going to start our first episode of our Engaging the Culture series. And I wish I could say I planned this out, but I didn't. But I am recording this episode as I'm looking out a hotel window onto the strip of Las Vegas. That's right. I'm a pastor. I'm in Las Vegas. However, I will quickly shift the blame and rationalize this decision away by saying my wife works for a company who has its annual meeting here in Vegas and so I was forced to come along. Now that obviously is not true. I enjoy coming but it is very interesting to growing up in, in in a strong Christian area where you say the word Las Vegas and immediately you think oh Sin City. One should never go there. But Las Vegas is very representative of our culture. So what better place to be than Las Vegas if we're trying to talk about how does our faith engage the culture and the world around us. And as I'm looking down the strip and I'm looking out across all the different hotels and things like that, 
I see things immediately that I can mention and that could spark all kinds of uh, crazy conversation and would probably get you upset and there'd be things that you would agree with and disagree with from silly things like I look across at the mirage and on the top of the mirage there's pictures of uh, of four uh, gentlemen you may know them as the Beatles right and I could easily start major controversy and major confrontation by saying you know I think the Beatles are a little bit overrated many of you may have just stop listening to the podcast forever because I said that. I really have no opinion on the Beatles. They were before my time. Then I look and right above the mirage, it's, the tower is just a little bit taller. And this, if I say this word, I, it's going to cause all kinds of controversy. I see at the top of the skyline, the tallest tower here, and I see the word Trump. Right, I see Trump Tower. It's very gold. It's very tall. Ironically, we were actually at the Trump Tower uh, a couple days ago. Uh, a shuttle brought us from our hotel that was outside of the Strip and dropped us off at the Trump Tower. And so uh, we immediately felt like we were judged because we actually stepped foot on the property of Trump Tower. But then we were there, so we were like, well, we might as well go inside and check it out. So we go inside, we look around. And um, apparently, uh, and I, I knew this from other articles and things, but uh, Trump really likes gold. And that's about the goldest tower and lobby that I've ever been in. So we were only there for a little bit. But you know, you may think, how could you step in the foot of Trump Tower? Well, we needed to go to the restroom. So we did. Right? But those are the things that it, whenever we start talking about our culture... We're going to talk about things that are immediately going to bring reactions. And I just want to encourage you not to get upset, not to get frustrated, but let's engage that culture. Let's look at it. Now, another thing that just popped into my head as I look, I see the Wynn Hotel. Um, I think it was just last week that I believe his name is Steve Wynn. He's the, the owner of not only the Wynn Hotel, but quite a few others. Well, he has stepped down. Uh, because of uh, sexual harassment issues, right? That's the culture we're in. It's crazy. And so we're going to look at that. I want to I start off a little bit and, and tell you a little bit more about our experience in Vegas. I think you'll enjoy this. So we were out at the Red Rock Casino. And Red Rock Casino is actually um, off the strip. It's in a, a little community called Summerlin. And so it's probably, oh, it's a good 20-minute drive uh, from the Strip. But it was really neat. It's out real close to the Red Rock Canyon. And so we were out there, and the only thing that my wife and I really do in the casino is we play blackjack. Uh, the only reason that we do that is because I know that the house always wins. And I'm under no delusion that that's the case. But, you know, I don't want my ignorance to contribute to the house winning. And so the only thing I really know how to play is blackjack. And so that's, that's what, uh, what we do, and, and we pl find the lowest bet table, and uh, we stay there for as long as we can until we lose our, <laughs> our predetermined amount of, of money, which is not very high. But it, we really have a good time with it, and it's fun. Blackjack, if you get a good table, you have people, and they talk, and you, you can talk about all kinds of things. And uh, it was interesting uh, you always 
find out where people live and, and you realize down here on Vegas it's, it's a international city uh, like no other. I mean, people from all over the world that are sitting down with you at, at a table. Uh, but out in the Red Rock Casino where we were, it's actually more locals go there. And in fact, I, I think m- most of the people we sat with were locals and were here from Las Vegas, which was very interesting. So we were at this casino, and it was late. I guess this was Saturday night. And, uh, and we'd been playing and, and having a good time. And uh, all of a sudden, we look across at the table. It's only 15 feet away from us, uh, directly across from us. And this very attractive young woman comes and sits down. And I look, and I said, I, I think I recognize her. And so I asked my, Molly my wife and uh, I said is that Jessica Beale and she was like yeah I think it is now if you have no idea who Jessica Beale is that's that's fine don't feel too guilty she happens to be married uh, to a guy by the name of Justin Timberlake who did something at the Super Bowl they told me that he um, sang at halftime I'm not I'm not sure that was whenever I was refilling my plate but uh, but Justin Timberlake a mega music superstar is mes- married to Jessica Biel who is a uh, an actress and has done uh, all kinds of things um, and as I said she is very attractive and so you know it's kind of surreal you're like looking across you're like well is that I don't know maybe you know and you kind of go back and forth and so my my wife was like well I'm gonna get a picture and uh, so she actually we're at, you're at the we we're at the table so you can't uh, use your phone while you're at the table. Well, the guy that we had been playing with for quite a while uh, was standing up uh, behind Molly, and so Molly kind of hands him the, her phone and says, "Hey, try to get a picture of Jessica Beale over here." And then he noticed, and of course he gets really excited. He's a single guy, probably in his uh, mid to upper twenties, early thirties, and uh, and he gets really excited. He he probably lost. $150 at the tables with us that, that night, but it didn't matter. He was excited now. So he's looking across. He's like, oh, that's, that's cool. And, and he's questioning, do you really think it's her? We're like, yeah, I think so. And so he gets our, our phone and uh, he picks it up and starts to take a, a, a picture. And all of a sudden, from about five feet behind Jessica Bill, a guy runs beside her and uh, kind of shields her from the us taking the picture and gives us what can only be described as a very what the hell do you think you're doing stare and we got the message that we shouldn't be taking pictures of Jessica Beale ironically we really didn't know for sure if it was Jessica Beale until that happened and now we have no doubt most normal people don't have a security guard that follows them everywhere that protects them from pictures. And so we're sitting there, and uh, and so now we're kind of distracted and we're kind of watching what's going on. And we're also a little bit nervous because now this security guard is watching us. And I'm sure that he was packing all kinds of things that would not have worked out well for us. And so we're kind of watching and we're laughing and, and uh, it's a kind of a surreal circumstance. And um, my wife, she says, well, do you want to go over there and play at that table? Because uh, Jessica Bill was, was there and she had, I guess, two other, no, uh, three other friends 
that were all sitting at the table. Well, it was a there's enough for six, and and they're really this hotel. Like I said, it's not down on the strip, so it's kind of low key, and so there wasn't a lot of people around, and so there were two seats right next to Jessica Bill. And so my wife was like, well, maybe we should go over and play over at that table. And I said, well, do I get to sit by her? Well, needless to say, we stayed at our own table. But we still watched and we still paid attention. And it was hilarious because the guy who had tried, we had tried to suck her into taking the picture, he actually goes around and sits right next to Jessica Beal. And uh, um, amazingly, he had said he had run out of money. He amazingly found some money to go and, and play. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he won a penny more, but it was one of the greatest nights of his life. And so it was really funny. And I just say that, so, you know, you never know what you're going to expect. And one thing that was really cool is that watching her play, she had no idea what she was doing. She was, we were playing at $10 minimum bet tables. No, $5 minimum bet tables, which is the by far the cheapest that you can find in Vegas. And she was playing at $5 minimum bet tables and didn't really know what she was doing. And, it, and you realize, you know, she's just like all of us. She's just a person. Now, she happens to be on the, on the very high percentage on the attractive scale. She happens to walk around with a bodyguard. She happens to be married to a multi-multi-multi-millionaire. But other than that, <laughs> she's just like us. But it was really funny, and we really enjoyed uh, enjoyed that. And um, unfortunately, we do not have a picture um, to prove that we saw Jessica Biel. Uh, but we, we certainly had a, a fun first night in Vegas. And since, since then, we've actually moved down into the Strip, uh, where Molly's conference is taking place, and it's at uh, Caesar's Palace. So here I am uh, in, in my room in Caesar's Palace, a casino that is built uh, on <laughs> the idea of the decadence of Rome. Right? I can actually see the kind of the replica that they tried to make of the Colosseum. And, uh, you know, you're reminded, hey, you know, the Colosseum was built for lions to be able to eat people and people to be able to fight to the death. Uh, what better place to be when you're talking about engaging the culture uh, than a hotel that's based on the decadence of Rome? But uh, there are a couple of things that I, I want to specifically um, point out of where I've seen glimpses of God. Right? One is, as I'm looking at these hotels, I am, I'm amazed. If you've never been to Vegas, it's hard to really, really understand it until you've, you've seen it. I mean, obviously, you've probably seen pictures and things like that. Uh, but the architecture, the creativity, is truly amazing. Uh, these hotels are are incredible, and not only that, just the the amenities and things like that that just are trying to draw crowds uh, are unbelievable. The Bellagio, and uh, the first couple years that we came uh, with this uh, for this conference, we were in the Bellagio Hotel. The Bellagio is one of the is the hotel that has the the large uh, pool out in front of it, and it, it has the fountains that just shoot water fifty feet up in the air, and they're, they're all timed and they move and they go to to set to music, and people just line the streets just to watch uh, these 
fountains, the Bellagio fountains. It's just, it's incredible. The ingenuity that goes beyond, behind that uh, is just awesome. And I mean, there's just some beautiful things. And, and I, I see that and I'm reminded, man, that's a reflection of God's creativity. God is a creative God. God gave us the ability to be creative. But then, of course, whenever we take what God has created us with, and when we start applying that and we don't allow kind of the parameters that God has set to guide us in how we use our creativity, well, then it can start spiraling off the rails. And so as you look at these unbelievable hotels with the unbelievable creativity, you realize, well, they're created to take advantage of people. They're created to make money. Yes, they're created to provide entertainment for people. And for most people, it is just a form of entertainment. But unfortunately, there's those who go and they lose half their savings. They become addicted to the gambling. It creates this culture that can be oh, just very, uh, very devastating to families and to individuals. But yet, there's so much creativity in it. We had the opportunity to go horseback riding uh, out in the Red Rock Canyon area. And the Red Rock Canyon is a, you know, just a, a beautiful place. And one of the things that struck me about it was the lack of vegetation, one. There's not, not a whole lot of vegetation. We're obviously in the desert. But the beauty found in rocks. <laughs> I mean, the Red Rock Canyon is just a whole lot of uh, rocks. But the different shades of color in the Red Rock Canyon is unbelievable. Obviously, there are shades of red. And it's a very distinct red. But there's also nearly black rock. Then there's gray. Then there's brown. And they're all melted together in this wonderful picture and as I look at that and I look at the the Red Rock Canyon I'm reminded man what an artist God is how creative he is he's so creative that he was able to make rocks something that is beautiful something that in many ways that is more beautiful and more creative than anything I see here on the strip in Vegas you know, the creativity that we see in God is evident not only in nature around us, but it's also evident in us. How God gave us those creative uh, juices, right? And some people are more creative than others and creative in different ways. And then sometimes we use that creativity for things that are not godly. <laughs> for example, I was... We were walking down the, the hallway to come up to uh, our room, the, our tower, uh, which, by the way, you, you need like a Google Maps on steroids just to find your way around these casinos. 
and and so we finally found the right way and you, we're walking down and, and there's all kinds of different shops and you know there's a salon and there's a place that you can buy olive oil and they're always trying to sell you things and and then there's this little art studio and the the art studio um at, at this time i don't even know who the artist was but it wasn't paintings or anything like that it was just pictures so they're photographs and they're really some really cool photographs well i didn't notice it the first couple of times but as we were walking back i looked over and it was one of those kind of double take uh, things i looked i was like there's a stormtrooper sitting at a table kind of out on a balcony and if you don't know what a stormtrooper is then you're not a star wars fan but stormtroopers were the the basic soldiers in star wars for the evil empire so there's this random stormtrooper sitting and so obviously this was somebody in a in a costume because again this isn't painting this was a a picture so the stormtrooper is sitting there um you know having his orange juice and and uh reading the paper and right across from him is a very beautiful model with absolutely no clothes on and I'm like, you know, I don't know what this stormtrooper did to deserve that kind of breakfast, but I guess good for him. But I'm sitting there looking at that. I look over at my wife. I say, hey, did you see that? And she just kind of looks at me and goes, yes, I did. Keep walking. You know, but I look at that. I'm like, that's art, I guess. But that's where, where we see this kind of <laughs> this dilemma. We have this creativeness, but then we can take that creativeness to the point that it becomes uncomfortable and you're like, wait, now, what's the purpose of that? Aren't we just kind of degrading uh, that, that woman where everybody, no one really cares about her at all. They just see her as an object. It's just, it's just all kinds of weird things going on. And, you know, that's what engaging the culture is all about, right? We see how culture pushes the limits and pushes things farther and farther away from God. But at the same time, as I look at all this, the, the art that's around here, there's a huge statue of uh, Michelangelo's David here in Caesar's Palace. So all these things that are just really interesting art and show the creativity of humans, I'm reminded, you know, that creativity not only comes from God, but it's also surpassed by God. God is more creative than we will ever be. And you know, maybe maybe as we, when we look out in culture, we can look for the creativeness of God. And then we can always acknowledge, unfortunately, that culture is going to move that creativity, creativity where it starts damaging the human soul. So experience some of that. And now I want to talk about something that, man, for the first first uh, episode of this is going to get a little little he- uh, heavy and maybe a little awkward. One thing that you see in Vegas, and I kind of alluded to it before with the photograph, is, man, sex sells. It's everywhere. You know, glimpses of that they're just littered throughout the the city. And you know, as Christians, we have a really interesting relationship with the topic of sex. Overall, 
we kind of are really bad at how we talk about it. You know, because on one hand, sex is a gift from God. God created sex, right? And right now, many of you are getting really nervous because I'm using the, the word sex. Well, I understand. I'm really nervous, and, and it's kind of awkward here. The good thing is, is I'm just in a hotel room, and no one is listening to me. I don't think so. Now, they, I think they're cleaning the room next to me, so they may be wondering what's going on in here. But, but it is awkward, right? It's a, it's a subject that we're kind of, oh, you know, hey, how do we deal with this? How do we go about talking about, the, about it? Well, I think we have to start from a really positive place that God created it. And he has a desire for it to be used in a way that builds us up, that strengthens us, that actually draws us closer to him. But yet, we've taken, or the culture has taken the idea of sex and has just messed it all up. We're weird. We don't even know where to start to talk about it. You know, a couple of things I've experienced, you know, down on the strip, you can go and you're walking and there'll be people and, and on the strip, they've done a better job of making it quote family friendly. Um, I would be very careful bringing your family, depending on the ages of your children. Um, but they, they've really tried on the, on the strip to, to not just get over the top graphic. But there's these guys, and they'll, they, I don't know how they do it, but they have these little cards in their hands, and they, they're clicking them. And they kind of click these cards, and they, they hold them out to you. And basically what it is is it's advertising escort services. And, uh, and it's really interesting. Apparently, Molly and I look like a couple that would like to invite an escort with us because we get offered a lot of cards. Right? And, and it's, just, it's just like, what? Really? Is that, is that what we're doing? You know, how is that healthy? And of course it's not. Yesterday we uh, went, we actually ended up on kind of some back roads off the strip. And there was this line of, quote, gentlemen's clubs. Which, how, how ironic is that name, is gentlemen's club. Yes, I'm a gentleman because I want to go and watch... <laughs> Women take off all their all their clothes, but I will treat them very gentlemanly as I'm there. You know, I, it's just funny if you start to think about it. But here it is. So there's all these clubs. There's all these things. I mean, the the things that are in uh, on windows. I'm not even going to say here. I mean, I know we're not um, we don't have FCC violations, but I promised you they would be violations if I mentioned what they were. And so you're just seeing all of this, and you're just like. Oh my gosh, look at how we've warped the idea of sex. And what we've done is, is rather than looking at sex as the way that God has done it, which is not only a physical act that brings pleasure and never, desire, uh, never think that that's not part of the purpose of sex. Pleasure is part of the purpose of it. But there's not just the physical aspect. There's also a very real emotional aspect to sex. And as I look around at Vegas and how they're selling sex, what they're trying to do is they're trying to separate the physical from the emotional. And they're saying, hey, this is just recreational sex. And we kind of, in a way, our culture has 
broken down sex as and making it kind of transactional. Hey, this is just a, a physical thing that you do, and it's fun, and there's you just do it, and there's no no consequences. And we've tried to convince ourselves of that, right? And and for many people, they live in the world where hey, that's okay. You know, and and as as Christians, as people of faith, we struggle with that. And so one of the ways that we've tried to handle that is by not not talking about sex and nearly coming across as anything that has to do with sex is bad. Right? Well, most people realize, no, there's some really good things that go on with sex. Now, we need to be honest and say, you know what? Yes, sex is a beautiful thing when used in the way that God intended it to be used. And here I am in Vegas, and I'm, I'm seeing the ugly side of it, and at the same time, oh, wow, this, <laughs> this would be a little awkward, but hey, I'll paint the picture for you. We are, me, my wife and I are on vacation without our children. So, right? So we are also experiencing the God-designed beauty of sex. And I compare and I con- contrast those things, and I see the sex that Vegas is trying to sell. And it's a sex that ultimately leads to emotional issues. Right? You, tr- you can try to div- uh, divorce the emotion uh, of aspect of sex from the physical aspect of sex as, as much as you want, but eventually you're going to realize there's an emotional toll that it's taking on you. And the more that you view sex as this transactional thing, it's going to slowly just kind of eat away <laughs> at who you are. Right? There are people out here right now who are selling their bodies because they don't know how else to make a living. There are people that are here that are uh, away from their, their wives and they are doing things and, and away from their husbands and they're doing things with people because they're viewing sex as just this kind of transactional thing and they're saying, man, life's sucks so bad right now I just need some pleasure and I think that this can be that sex can be viewed as just a physical pleasure and then all of a sudden they're going to have some emotional things to deal with right there are people who whenever you start viewing sex as transactional there's always in the back of your mind it's like oh man the issue of STDs is always there the issue of unwanted pregnancy is always there. All of those things are very negative consequences to viewing sex this way. Where if we view sex the way that God intended it, it becomes something that not only does it bring us closer to one another in a marriage relationship, but it also brings us closer to God. Because we realize God, you desired for us to experience this intimacy, this thing that brings us so close together. And it, and yes, there is the physical pleasure that's involved, but man, the uh, emotional strength that it brings is truly amazing. And it's something that in healthy relationships and healthy marriages is vital. It's something that 
makes a difference in the way that we relate to one another and the way we relate to other people. There is a healthiness in allowing sex to be a major part of our relationship with one another when we view it and understand it the way that God designed it to be. You know, I mentioned a moment ago that I'm sitting here seeing the hotel called The Wynn, and the president of Wynn um, recently stepped down due to sexual harassment allegations, and and I'm sure that you're aware of the the Me Too movement that's going on, and and it's just it's blowing up. We're seeing things happen all over the place, and and man, that's great. You know what? That no woman should should be taken advantage of and by by a man, and we see that. We've seen that throughout culture, throughout history. And so, man, it's wonderful to have a correction on that. But I think one of the ironic things about this, and kind of follow me here, is what our culture has been doing is we've been moving farther and farther away, trying to separate the emotional side of sex versus uh, the physical, pleasurable side of sex. And so we've been moving towards just this idea of, of the transactional sex between uh, two people, right? And so we've pushed against any of the traditional values that many Christians uh, and that, that many people of faith have tried to live by in the past. And so we've been pushing away from that. We, You know, culturally, many people say, oh, you know, Pornography is fine. There's no no harm in that. If people want to do that, they can, and, and all that, which is which is true, by the way, right? We live in a free country. There are there are dangers that come with freedom, but freedom is worth it, right? And so we have this thing that where the culture just keeps moving farther and farther uh, away from any kind of traditional values, and that, but now all of a sudden people are realizing, wait, there is emotional damage that's being done right when a woman is sexually assaulted or sexually harassed it is not just in a physical attack on her it is an emotional attack as well and it, and that is serious you know and, and so now we're, we're starting to to talk about we the culture has been moving farther and farther and, and pushing the boundaries of sex now we're realizing wait no there needs to be some some checks on this, right? There needs to be some parameters of how we define what is consent and what is not. And this is where it becomes very murky with the Me Too movement, right? Because all of a sudden, what is sexual assault? Like there are literally now companies that are saying that if if you ever ask out a coworker and that coworker says no, then you can never ask them out again or it would be considered sexual harassment. I, I, maybe, maybe that's where we need to go, but man, that's a slippery slope, right? And I, I, and I don't know the answer to all this. It's just it's crazy, but what culture has done is they've moved sex so far to trying to make, make it normalized and things like that and, and that anything goes and now all of a sudden we realize, as a culture, said, no, 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 there's more to sex than just a physical transaction. That's why it matters that 
that uh, the Me Too movement matters, that women are calling out what men have done. Right? And that's why it's important. Here's something kind of ironic. I want you to follow me here. Here's the basic principle of faith when it comes to looking at sex. You should wait till you're married. And when you're married and committed to one another and committed to God, then you use sex to enhance your relationship, to draw you closer together. I mean, the Apostle Paul talks about have sex as often as you can. You know, that's a pretty good way to define consent. That's a pretty good way to protect the emotional um, beings of both men and women. Man, that if we actually allowed and sex to be used within those boundaries, man, we wouldn't have all of these other issues. And I know that's not realistic because that's never that has never been the case, by the way. It doesn't matter. It's always been abused. But I think it's interesting how the culture has said, oh, the the biblical foundation of sex and the biblical way of looking at sex is so outdated and it just it limits people um, it puts restraints on them and so we move so far and now we're realizing oh wait no we we need some restraints we need some parameters maybe maybe god knew what he was doing when he designed sex maybe maybe that's the answer Now, culture will never admit that. But maybe in your life, you can live that way. You can understand the dangers of of the culture's view of sex. You can talk openly and honestly with your children. Help them to have a biblical understanding of sex. You know, this is a obviously a little bit of an awkward conversation, but one that it dominates our culture. And if we're not going to be willing to think about it and think about, hey, how are we going to uh, handle culture's view of sex versus a faith perspective on sex, if we're not going to struggle with that and, and dive into that and really think about it and how do not only do we engage with that conversation but how do we engage in that conversation with our children and our grandchildren how do we as Christians become a relevant option for people in the way that we view sex versus the way that the cultural views sex man sometimes we've just tried to pretend that it doesn't exist but you know what as Christians I think we have a great answer to how to set up the parameters for dealing with sex. It's one that is celebrated within a committed marriage relationship. And that's where sex becomes so much more than physical. And it starts to complete who you are as a person and as a couple rather than starting to destroy who you are from the inside 
like viewing sex as this strictly physical transactional act. Well, I could go on and on as I'm sitting here staring out the the window in Las Vegas. There are so many things that we could talk about. But you know, as I look out and I see the people, I'm reminded that God loves every one of them. No matter what they're doing, whether they're on a street corner trying to sell their body for a few dollars, whether they're in the casino losing tons of money, no matter what they're doing or who they are, God loves them. And God wants them to know that they're loved. You know what? The only way that we can, as Christians, can share that message is by engaging the culture around us. Hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the first episode of our Engaging the Culture series. I'd love to hear from you. You can email us at philip with two L's at journeyelgin.org. Um, and I'd love for you to share this podcast with others. Uh, get the word out. Hopefully this will be an encouragement to you, something to make you think. And I hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, strive to live your life as Christ and make an impact in His kingdom. See you next time. Thank you.